Fans, welcome back to another edition of the TMG podcast. I'm Chris Dufresne of TMG, and uh, joined again, uh, we've got a record going here. We got all four of us together from all parts of the world. Uh, Herb Gould, and we got Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, and somewhere in the swamps of Jersey, but not Jersey, but actually Massachusetts, Jersey guy Mark Blauchin. Uh Welcome everyone. That's uh, before we get started, we want to thank once again our sponsor, APBA, APA Games, APAGames.com, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games since 1951, and we have a hot update from APA, Marky, little Marky Blauchin, who's been playing this game since 1951 in his, in his room, uh, is actually simulating some of the playoff wildcard games going on, and I guess having more fun than any 70-year-old man should have, but Marky... Uh, fill us it's in on uh, what what happened on you. You played you played a simulated game yesterday. The Rockies and the and the Cubs. I played the two wild card games. Yeah, and and it, last last yesterday afternoon, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, Colorado beat beat the Cubbies in ten innings. Yeah. Um, uh, I missed it by two innings. I bet what two innings last night was that? Was it? Uh, Herb, we we hate to bring this up to Herb uh, because the Cubbies lost this one. But did that go? It went to thirteen, I believe. Herb, is that correct? 13. Or okay. Yeah, I've been trying to forget that part, but yeah, thirteen sounds about right. Um, and then there's a preview of tonight's game between the Yankees and the A's. Uh, uh, I'll give you a Cliff Notes version of it. Oakland took a two nothing lead. The Yankees came back and took a three two lead in the third, and then um, it went. Both teams, it was tied at 3-3 in the, in the night, after 9. And then on top of the 10th inning, Oakland scored 4, and the Yankees scored 2, and Oakland wins 7-5. So we'll see what happens. Uh, very exciting. I've, I've, I've cracked the box on my baseball game. Now, Mark, you say baseball is the easiest one to play. I'm, I looked at the cards yesterday, and, you know, it's an amazing the amount of details of, of, of the information you have on this stuff. And I'm going to, you know, one of these days very soon, I'm going to set aside time and, and play the entire uh, 1972 season or something like that. Uh, it, it sounds like, a, let's get to the college uh, football news of the week, which, um, you know, it was funny. We On this podcast last week, we were talking about the transfer quarterbacks and, and Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryan getting benched. Uh, at Clemson, and what would happen if uh, if the starter went down? And guess what happened? The the starter got hurt. Uh, Clemson had to bring in the third stringer, Chase Bryce, our TMG, who ended up being our TMG newsmaker of the week, by the way. But it, it, you know, here here we go. Now he was able to pull this game out. But let's, let's go to Mr. College Football Tony uh, on the scenario that unfolded. Last week uh, with Clemson and Syracuse, and how nervous should Clemson fans be uh, about the rest of the season with with this with what's going on? Well, you know, with Bryson, they they were able to get. I mean, he made as big a throw as oh. you're ever going to see on fourth down. Amazing to keep that drive alive. Just an incredible throw. Uh, what's interesting, Todd Blackledge, who who worked the game uh, for ESPN, told a story on the air. 
that he had he had spoken to the the offensive coaches and they and he he asked the question, well, what happens if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt? He said, well, we're going to put in Chase Bryce and believe, this kid's got a lot of moxie. Well, guess what? He showed it. But here's what you're scared of. You know, you, you had two really good quarterbacks. Now you've got a kid who, who's obviously got some ability. It looks like Trevor uh, Trevor's going to play this week. It looks yeah. like it was not. It was a shoulder injury uh, and not a concussion. So they're expecting Trevor Lawrence to to play against Wake Forest. They get a week off and then get into the meat of the season. So uh, hopefully that's how it turns out. You're going to string it along, I guess. And uh, no news on, on on Kelly Bryant. Is there any any chance of him possibly coming back to the team, or is that is that ship sailed? Do you think? Well, on the, I mean, Dabo said after the game, he was asked about it, and he says the, the door is open. And I, my understanding is that the, uh, Kelly Bryant's still in school. Uh, there was no reason to withdraw from school right away. Cause he, 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 he's going to transfer. And it really, guys, I think it really opens up the debate. If you're a teammate, do you want him back? And I've heard it, I've heard it both ways from former players. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just a tough situation for him, and we would welcome him back. Or, hell no, <laughs> he had a decision to make, and he chose not to be with us. So it, it the question is, do you want do you want him back? And I think that's what makes it fascinating. Uh, well, you, go ahead. The part you need to remember is um, Nebraska went through this earlier in the year uh, when Adrian Martinez won the job the backup transferred, and then Martinez was hurt, didn't play in the Troy State game, and they lost. I mean, it's obviously not as high a stakes of a game as Clemson, but Nebraska's lost eight in a row, and uh, including four this year, and eight, they lose by five. Maybe if, if the guy who transferred sticks around, you know, they're not sitting here with this 0-4 record. Uh yeah, and, and, and Herb, sticking with you with, with no, the Notre Dame situation, Brandon Wimbush has not transferred. Uh, watched the Stanford game from the sideline very sort of pensively, looked like a good teammate. Uh, I'm wondering what's really percolating in his brain as he's watching Mr. Book take over and possibly lead the Irish on a, a national title run. Um, what do you hear from uh, South Bend about uh, he's you know, I, I think the question with Wimbush, I mean, given that, that he's a senior, I think the question is whether he does some work at another position because clearly, you know, anything he's going to do beyond Notre Dame is not going to be a quarterback. Um, and, and I don't, I haven't heard anything about whether they've made a decision on that. But, you know, it, I, don't, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I mean, each of these cases tends to be a little different than the other. I mean, Jalen Hurts, now, Tony, you correct me if I'm wrong, but he's going to have a degree and will be able to play right away next year if he wants to uh, go somewhere else. Is that correct? That is correct. So, correct. you know, these, the point is that everybody's situation is different. I think Wimbush is – I haven't heard any indication that he's going anywhere. Um and I, I think that it's more a question of riding it out there, uh, and especially given where they're at. And, you know, I, I still think that, you know, a situation could change there. And, well, as we've seen, injury, injury is all it takes to put the guy back on the field. Right. And, Tony, I thought Alabama played it per, pitch perfect this week when, uh, they, when we trotted out Tua for the first time for a media opportunity, went out of his way to praise Jalen Hurts. 
right. uh, his leadership, um, how much he means, and all that stuff. And I think that you know that's that's the important facet to this is to, uh-huh. is to hold the chemistry together. And I thought Tua Tua in Alabama played it played it right. Although Jalen is committed to this year now that he's played that fifth game. Yeah, and look, listen, Jalen was really, when he played in the second game against Arkansas State, everybody understood what the deal was. That that was their way of saying, you know what? If he was just going to play four games, it would have been the four toughest games on Alabama's schedule. And when he played against Arkansas State, then that told me that he was he was definitely uh, coming back. And he, you know, he he had a little hiccup during the during the summer when he had a media opportunity. I, I believe somebody was in his ear saying, hey, you should be upset by this. And then yeah. uh, cooler cooler heads prevailed. And and here's the deal. Jalen Hurts, now, you need, guys, you need to look at his numbers. Jalen Hurts is getting better. He's played well in the last few games. And he made, I believe, he made a conscious decision. He said, you know what, for my goals, I may play somewhere else next year. But for this year, my best option is to play here and get better go have a uh, a Russell Wilson year uh, as a fifth-year senior or as a senior and uh, do some good that way. And I, I think he knew he would get better playing at Alabama under this group of coaches. You know, and there, and there's a, I mean, there's a weird but possible chance he could do what Tua did last year. I mean, Alabama could get to the title game and struggle in the first half, and, 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 and Nick Saban would have no problem Making a change if he had to, or or you know if 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 Tua got dinged up or or any sort of thing, he's got to be ready because the backup quarterback at Alabama uh, it, it is a very good chance he's going to win the national title. I mean, if, if he gets in, uh, so it's just interesting how 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 coaches are playing this. And uh, Mark, have you are you still here? Are you still with us today? I'm still, I'm still okay. listening. You still. And the interesting thing about this guys is that that both Clemson and Alabama they basically. Both of those decisions were, 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 were basically, they're looking at this, not the regular season, they're looking at trying to win national championships. Yeah. No and doubt. That's the reason that, that Dabo decided, you know, to, to go with Lawrence because he, I mean, he liked both of them, but, but he, I think when the tiebreaker was he thought Lawrence could win a national championship for him and he had questions about, about Brian. Right. And, you know, Nick, I mean, obviously won a national championship by going to Tua. We, we brought this up last week. The guys who got benched, uh, are a collective fifty-two and seven, I think, as starters. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, if you know that, you'd be in the Hall of Fame in the NFL if you, if you had that kind of record. But uh, that's just the reality uh, that we live in now. That I want to get back to. I'll let Herb uh, kind of take us on this one, but I think there's a couple menaces that are lurking uh, out there uh, in the national picture. Uh, one of them, I think, is a kind of a local menace to, I think, Georgia and the SEC East is Kentucky that nobody mm-hmm. saw coming. On the national scene, Notre Dame, with their win over Stanford, Herbie, uh, are now positioned. They are the three-headed monster because not only are they good, uh, they'll if they go undefeated, they'll have an unassailable schedule. They will have, and they're going to knock a conference champion. I Am I wrong on this? Is are, they will knock a conference champion out, uh, and that will mean you know two conference champions will, will be eliminated from the Power Five. Herbie, uh, well, they certainly have the you know the opportunity to do that. I mean, as I uh, wrote in the Notre Dame piece this week, I mean they've got Virginia Tech this week is the only ranked team on their schedule. 
Virginia Tech would slip back into the top 25 after the the odious ODU loss. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you, you look you look at USC out there is, is not who we thought they were. Not yet. Uh, Northwest Northwestern played a little better against Michigan, but they're not. You know, they're they're I mean, basically Notre Dame has got a really favorable schedule, and you know the the, the one that I, I think might be vulnerable Oklahoma because. They've got, you know, that Big 12, there could be some, what's the word they use, cannibalizing? I mean, they've got they've got a lot of challenges, I mean, beginning with Texas this week. Um, I don't know that Notre Dame necessarily knocks out one of those. I mean, I guess it's so hypothetical at this point well, that I don't get exercised about it. Uh, well, well, yeah, there's, well, a, there's a real threat. They will well, knock well, somebody out. They, well, 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 her. Or, look, there's nothing hypothetical about this. <laughs> Notre Dame goes 12 and 0. They're, they're in. in. They're in. And that means somebody. Okay. And that means somebody's out. They're in. And okay, so the question is who who's out and and it, it's going to be well. Let's put it this way: Washington's good good loss against Auburn is getting worse and worse by the week. And if Auburn loses to Mississippi State, Stanford's lost to Notre Dame. Pac-12 may be toast, boys. Well, well, well yeah, we weren't even considering that. I don't think is a factor. I mean, that, that well. part is in my mind. I bet. Well, I mean, to be, given where they're at, I mean, they don't have a you know they don't have a candidate. What? They don't, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! They, they have a team. Notre Dame. Herb, not, that, that's not clear cut to me. Herb, the, the, the Washington is in the top ten with the with the with the. I'm not defending. I, I think you're sort of right. They are in the top 10. This is what's happened to the Pac-12. They are a top 10 team with the number 12 schedule in the country. It's by far the best schedule of any team ranked in the top 20 in, in AP. But you're still but right. No, but, but you're still right. Unbeaten. But you're still right. I'm saying you're still right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the question is, is not, I mean, we're taking the Pac-12 out of this. I'm talking about can Notre Dame knock out Clemson? You know, if it comes down between... Uh, Tony, what? How good is Clemson? How 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 good is Clemson's undefeated record going to look against Notre Dame's undefeated record? Well, the the, the, <laughs> only, the only reason it would look better is because it would be thirteen and zero versus twelve and zero. That's right. All right. They would not. Notre Dame would have not. Would not have the infamous. The infamous thirteenth data point. <laughs> and, and, and to me, that to That's, me that would be a factor. And the yeah. fact, you know, well, and and the. And the folks on the committee would never tell you this, but I'm telling you, they've been the three straight playoffs. That means something. And won, won one and lost, won, won a championship, lost a championship, and got eliminated by the eventual champion in the semifinals. Uh-huh. So if, if they go 13 and up, and, and listen, they haven't looked like the number three, four team in the country. They haven't. Right. But it's hard for me to see Clemson getting left out at 13 and up. Well, that's, that's well I, I agree. That's why I, I think, you know, the people in Norman, Oklahoma, ought to be the ones that are, are concerned because I, I don't think Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson are, are really as vulnerable as Oklahoma is. Well, unless Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. Then no, well, then that, that changes everything. Then well, there. then, yeah, but then you're, then you're introducing, you know, uh, a one-loss team. I mean, right. I think we're all. I'm assuming, you know, we're talking about unbeaten teams. Um, but yeah, if Wisconsin, I'm talking about conference champions. Yeah, yeah. they're done. It was Big Ten's in, in a world of hurt. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the discussion is 
Who's a lock if they're undefeated? You did tell me that. Tell me that. Give me Alabama's that. a lock if they're undefeated. Yes. Ohio mm-hmm. State is a lock if they're undefeated. Uh, All right. Yeah. Who else? Is Clemson a lock if they're undefeated? Of yeah. course. I think they're closer than Oklahoma. Because, yeah. because of what Tony mentioned, because yeah. of their, their playoff history. You yeah, know, but should, uh, should we and take, also because come, of Oklahoma's defense. Well, yeah, should we, then it comes down to you got you got the three spots locked in. Who gets the number four? Twelve and zero Notre Dame or thirteen and zero Oklahoma? Who gets the last spot? Right. So I mean, that's and that's you know, good luck leaving Notre Dame out of that equation. Oh, that won't happen. I don't think. Join no, well, that's you know that won't happen either. <laughs> well, we we all know we're not going to have four undefeated teams. So yeah, well, it's it's fun talking about, but I think Notre Dame rising, you know, rising up. I think we, they, you they, you have to be uh, concerned if you're another if you're an, one of these contenders now about the the Notre Dame factor is always there. Um, well, I think I think the other point is when we start talking about one loss teams, you know, if, if all of these teams have one loss that that we're talking about. Then Notre Dame has really got. Then they've got more issues because their one loss is not going to be as good as Oklahoma's one loss. Um, what's well, up, Clemson, what's what? we don't know yet. We don't, we know, don't know, but that's that's where the question is in my mind. Is you know Notre Dame the, the unbeaten? They're they're in they're in good they're on solid ground. But one loss against other one loss teams, then it becomes a trickier question. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, well, let's kind of move on. We've got some interesting games weekends, and I wanted to play a little game with with you guys because I was looking at at some of these matchups. The what do you think is going to be the ugliest matchup? I'm going to give you three games, and all of these involve major college programs allegedly, but uh, it's just interesting. Alabama at Arkansas is one of them. Washington at UCLA. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Uh, what's what's going to be the ugliest game of those three? Tony, I'm going to give you the, the first shot at this. Oh, I, this is all too predictable coming from <laughs> me, but but it's Alabama Arkansas because Arkansas is awful. I mean, their 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 offense is just horrible, and uh, Alabama's you know locking it in to number one number one. Alabama, for the first time in history, has posted 500 or more yards in each of its first five games. Yeah, 45 points or more in each of its first five games. So, and our and Arkansas is just you know they played an ugly game with Texas and M last week, but uh, Alabama's gonna win by a bunch. 50 to three, something like that. Is that about right? 50 to three. I don't even know what the line is, but. Yeah, I guess it just you know it depends on uh, your definition of ugly. Um, I would I would chime in Nebraska Wisconsin just because these Nebraska people you know they they were convinced that Scott Frost was riding in on on the the white horse and he was going to save them from the dragon and that that's just not happening and now they're having to push back their timetable uh, and 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 then Frost is you know he's kind of getting close to ripping on his team, even though he doesn't want to, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, that, that could get pretty ugly there because, and Wisconsin is just sort of a, a steamroller kind of team. I don't know how many points they're going to score, but it could be a lot. And just the way they, they kind of stomp down the yeah. field could be, it could be ugly. Well, 
and I'll, I'll be a, a provincial and look at Washington at UCLA. I don't know how UCLA is going to score against Washington. Uh, I, a lot of people missed this but because it was a late-night game again, but the BYU team that went to Wisconsin and won went to Seattle last week, and it was 35 nothing until the final uh, couple minutes. B, BYU scored a late touchdown. Uh, UCLA, uh, I don't know how they're going to score against Washington. That could be another. That could be a forty to forty to three thing too. Um, but uh, uh, Tony, this is a a ten year anniversary also of a game, and I remember this game very distinctly. Speaking of ugly, the Auburn the three two win Auburn win over Mississippi. <laughs> you, had, you you didn't happen to be at that game, did you? The ten year anniversary. No, no, I forget where I was, but I, all I remember is being in another press box somewhere in the SEC going. Thank God I was not at that game. 3-2. That's 10-year anniversary. The teams are playing again this week. Uh, that was a, a field goal. I looked it up. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Byram. West West Byram or the kicker. West Byram. By, yeah, Byram. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and the, the Cowbells only scored on a holding penalty in the end zone. That was a safety. <laughs> uh, but it, this game, it, it, this was ugly, but... It, this will never top the, the all-time ugliest game. Still stands. 1983 Civil War in Eugene, Oregon, Oregon State. Zero zero, eleven turnovers in a driving rainstorm. So that record is safe. Uh, speaking of of silent, I'm gonna bring Jersey guy in on this because this is a remarkable uh, week. In that two teams are playing. One of one of them is your alma mater, Mark. And I've never, I can't remember less buzz around a game that used to be the game of the year for many years in college football, Florida State, Miami. Uh, and now it's it's reduced to, you know, background noise. Uh, what happened? Absolutely. I was, I was talking to Mr. College Football about that earlier this week. And I said, okay, Tony, name, name me the top games in the, in, in, you know, in your region. And he went through three or four. And I said, well, you're missing the game. That, that should be. You know, talked about or, or has been talked about, and he, and he thought about it, and he thought about it. So I, <laughs> so I, I said, "What? What?" I said, "Well, think about the ACC." He went through the ACC for about two minutes, and it said, "Oh, oh my God!" And, and you're right. I mean, FSU Miami was was the game of the year for you know the wide right games, and you know, and all, all those things with Bobby Bowden. And now, I mean, it's it's got no. Got no juice at all, and that shows you the state of uh, certainly the Florida State program, and and, and Miami has you know lost all its you know its juice from last year in the last four games. I mean uh, last year, and then when they got bombed out by LSU, uh, they have to fight their way back. So it's a, it's an amazing stat. Jer- uh, Jersey guy, are you are you still a contributing booster? Do you send do you give money to your school? No, no, no. 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 When did that end? Uh, 1970. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, they got enough of my money. I, I, once I'm up there, I, I, I gave enough. I said, that's, that's a lot of money you're getting from me. So. Uh, there, you, there you go. Uh, another interesting game down in Tony's way at the big LSU-Florida game. Uh, and Tony, you wrote, you wrote a nice little uh, story today for, the, for TMG. Kind of, uh, they're bringing back, you know, bring back 2008. Uh, in Florida, uh, they're 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 honoring the 2008 Florida Gator team and the famous. Tell us a little bit about the, what's going on and 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 the, the Tebow speech and how that's all going to be used as propaganda and, and emotion against the LSU Tigers. Well, 
Well, Dan, Dan Mullen's been, like a lot of coaches, he's been trying to get the student body jacked up. Because yeah. in some places they're not. In Florida, it, it, it ain't the swamp like it used to be. And so he's been talking to the student students and, you know, really encouraging the students to come out. But this is the 10th anniversary of the 2008 national championship team. And you'll remember that during the course of that season, I want to say it was late September, early October, Ole Miss goes to the swamp and wins 31 to 30. Florida is like ranked number four. They're thinking their national championship hopes are over. And that's when Tim Tebow gave the speech. They call it the promise. And he got up there and said, you know, I'm sorry this happened, but I says a lot of good will come from this. I promise you nobody's going to work as hard as I will the rest of the year or play as hard as I will. And I promise you the, I will push the rest of this team and some good will come from this. And what they won 10 straight games all by double digits and won the national championship. So this, this, is, this is a big game because now LSU and Florida have played every year since 1971 and they don't like each other at all. And we know we know part of the reason why in that hurricane game a couple years ago, right, that got uh, postponed, Matthew, um, a lot of finger pointing about whether that game should have been played or not. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Remind us. Well, the, the bottom line, the hurricane was coming in and people were moving, were moving games. LSU said, you know, we, we've got to play the game. This is a home game for us. We've got to play it. Florida said, well, you know, let, let's wait till November 19th when we both got an open date and you can come to Florida. And LSU says, no, we're not, we're not, we're not coming to Florida. You know, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up that. Well, for to do that, they would have had to cancel a game, a home game, and play one less home. Anyway, they went back and forth, yeah. and the LSU got into it and said, well, the only reason Florida wants to postpone the game is because they're hurt, and they don't want to play us right now. And then it got real nasty. And then at the end of the game, LSU has the last possession, last play on the one-yard line, and Florida stuffs them and wins the game. Yeah. And when the game's over, Jim McElwain got up there and said, let me tell you one thing. He's the Florida coach. So let me tell you one thing. They got what they deserved. It should have been worse. <laughs> and it is it has been it has been crazy ever since. What is there is there a reason why LSU and Florida play every year and is are they contractually bound? What what is the historical tie that that binds them? They are, well, it, it started back in 71, but when the SEC went to divisional play in 1992, everybody had a permanent crossover. In other words, there would be one right. team that you would play every year from the other division, and the other would rotate. And for Florida, it was LSU because they've been playing since 71. Okay. Yeah. The athletic director at LSU has made a big stink the last seven or eight years that he doesn't think it's fair that his team has to play Florida every year <laughs> and has been trying to get it changed, and he's been real snippy about it. Yeah, it's, and so, it's, um... yeah, And Florida says... Hey, we love going to LSU, and so <laughs> so there you go. Well, and you got it, it's just another one of these strange quirks of uh, now you have a 14, 14 team league where Dan Mullen went and played at the school he w was at in Mississippi State last week, uh, but they don't those schools don't play again for another hundred years. I don't I don't think. Well, just, in in Starkville, because what happens is is they rotate. Everybody has one permanent team. They play on the other side, like Georgia yeah. plays Auburn and Alabama plays Tennessee, and they rotate the last game. All right, you got six in your division, 
one permanent outside your division, and you have to rotate through on that last spot. So you will play every team within a within a six year span, five year span, but to get back. Once you play somebody, it'll be ten or plus years before you go back to that place. Yeah, it's. Uh, I haven't figured out the uh, SEC scheduling. Uh, it's just. It's a little tighter. Like in the Pac-12, part of the deal when they split uh, into in the in the two sixteen divisions, USC and UCLA from the South have to play Cal and Stanford every year. So right. that that really screws up your your crossovers and and. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of conferences do have these. Uh, of course, uh, 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 Alabama and Tennessee, they have to play, right? Uh, Georgia and Auburn been, have been playing every year since 1892. So yeah. they're not. They were not going to give up. They were not going to give up that game. So yeah, it's funny, guys. The ACC, BC, and it's BC's disadvantage. It's it's permanent crossover game is Virginia Tech, and that's cost BC. Uh-huh. I don't know how many times over the last several years when they when they tried to not not recently, but when they tried to get a good season going, they ran into Virginia Tech and 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 they got knocked off. And then if they beat them or it, uh, you know put, then they had to face them in the, in the ACC championship game two years in a row and lost both times. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, Jersey guy, let's stay with you. You you have a, a, a adamant prediction I think to make about. Uh, and I told, I spoke with you earlier about this about the Notre Dame at Virginia Tech game. Uh, yep. Don't you get? Are you going? Are you? You want to save that for your Friday picks, or you're you going to go save? I'll, right? I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I right. mean, that, that, if I were Notre Dame, and, and you know, I, I mean, you know, it's been it's been said. It's not it's not a new thought, but I, but I think that's a very dangerous game for Notre Dame. I mean, uh, everyone is, is putting down Virginia Tech because of the old Dominion game, which they should. But they bounced back, you know, and and, uh, and they beat Duke, even though they were five point underdogs on the road. Now, now they're going to come to Blacksburg on, on Saturday night. They're feeling pretty good about themselves after the Stanford game. Notre Dame is, uh, and but you know, Bud Foster's going to have a defense ready to go. I mean, yeah. I would not be stunned. I mean, I would definitely take Virginia Tech getting like five six and a half and, points, yeah, yeah, six and I would not be stunned if Virginia Tech went, went straight up. I would well, not be. Sp- you failed to mention Old Dominion bounced back to lose at East Carolina the, the last Saturday too, so it wasn't like. Yeah, oh. cover too, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention that. That that wrecked my uh, that wrecked my my theory there. But they did lose the game. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, you're right. They're getting. I think it's Notre Dame's favorite by six in that one. Uh, yeah. You know, it's there's some interesting games out there. You Washington UCLA is like fifty over and under. I don't know how. I mean, I think that's that smells like an under to me. Her, your big game, of course. We we would be remiss not to mention Illinois at Rutgers, and I know you've been. <laughs> that's right. You've you been know, checking and, the, and, and all and the, all the, the interest is building. The StubHub price has gone up for the minimum <laughs> ticket from five dollars to seven dollars. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, this is. I, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> it's. It's sort of like I have this image of these two football teams that are about to go into the desert, and this is their last chance to fill the canteens. Um, <laughs> although Rutgers played better, you know they. Uh, what does that mean? They, they were. What does that they, mean? They, what it means is they were down twenty-four to seven to Indiana at the half, and and those of us who had picked Indy cover the seventeen. We're feeling pretty good. And then here came the Scarlet Knights, 
and uh, they shut out Indiana and, and made it a 24-17 final. Wow. Um, so that, that they can build on that <laughs> after losing by dozens of points in the previous three games. Um, and, you know, I think it'll, it'll be a fun game, you know, for the, for the local uh, well, alumni. Um, Illinois had that great, you know, that first great. half uh, into the third <laughs> quarter against Penn State. That's right. Um, it's, it's not a great week in the Big Ten. Let's put it that way. And yeah, the other... I'm going to go for Vince here. I'm, I'm saying Rutgers straight up. I mean, they're going to win the game outright. Wow. We, well, you know, you're going against Vegas there because that line opened at a point and a half. Illinois favored by a point and a half, and it has moved to four and a half. Oh. So maybe we should have a, a side bet on that. I'll, you know, I can send you some Chicago-style pizza. Uh, and and what, what, what is New Jersey uh, famous for? Uh, the mafia. No, what? <laughs> yeah, what kind of food products? You, you, you got, have you got a, a food product that would catch people's attention in the Midwest? Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to think there. The pizzas, pizza. I'll go, I'll go your, your pizza versus my pizza. How's that? All right, that sounds like a deal. <laughs> I'm going to say Illinois wins this game. And I think Rutgers is so epically bad. Now, they've had bad patches. If they were still in the Big East, Mike Trangisi would kick them out again. I think that's how bad. I think they're Terry Shea bad. I, 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 yeah, I, I really, I think Illinois is, uh, you know, they're, they're due here. Um, and I thought also they, you know, they played well. I mean, 245 rushing yards against Penn State. I know Penn State isn't really great on run defense, but still, uh, they, they moved the ball and they got they got three or four kids back from suspension oh, that for that helps. Penn State game. <laughs> that always helps. Uh, yeah, that always helps. Uh, I mean, the, the other, if, if I might mention just briefly, the other, the big. It's not a great week in the Big Ten, um, but the two games that I'm kind of interested are Northwestern and Michigan State. Okay. Just to see, you know, is Michigan State going to show? Are, are they really going to oh, be a threat? So. You would think so, uh, but you don't know. And then Maryland at Michigan. I mean, Maryland is a a team that I, I don't really have a handle on yet, and, and, or Michigan. You know, so the you know the two uh, yeah the two Michigan schools. Are, you know, we'll learn a lot about their programs and the guys that are playing them this week. Yeah, we failed to mention. I mean, Michigan uh, had uh, barely or came back against the uh, the Caddies and. Northwestern last week. That would have been an epic, another uh, horrible loss for Harbaugh, but he, he did. He pulled it out in the end. We before we wrap it up, and we're getting to, close to wrapping it up. I be, I have to bring in Mark Blouch, and he does story this week on Central Florida. Uh, it, this, now a school that he's been uh, championing for about twenty years, trying to get them into all sorts of conferences, major conferences. But basically, you said this week that Central Florida undefeated should be should be a national title game or in the playoff or something like that. I didn't I didn't read the whole story, but uh, from from the headline, which is all I read, you think Flo- Central Florida undefeated should be a playoff considered game. Consider. considered considered well I, I you know I'm considering going to uh, you know. To, to Maui this weekend, but I'm not going to do it. I can consider and, it all. And I, and I couched it by saying that the top four or five, the, the, the big boys, the Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, all, I mean, all those, all those teams. You know, if they're undefeated, it's, 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 it's not. You know, it's on the question open debate. I mean, UCF doesn't make it, but I compared them to to either you know Oklahoma. West Virginia or Auburn, I said, I think West, I said UCF could play with those teams. 
Well, I won't even begin to you know talk about your guys out there out in the Pac-12. You know, don't, don't change the subject. Well, I'm just saying they should they should be in the discussion. That's all I'm saying. They're undefeated. They're a good. I've seen them. They're a good team. I think they'd close anybody. I mean, I think they're a good team. And they should be discussed. You know, now I don't think you go down to tiebreakers and then individual schools. They probably lose most of those tiebreakers if you break it down in schedule and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think they should be in the discussion. Central Florida has the uh, uh, schedule strength one fifty eight in this week's sure. Sagarin ratings. Uh, Washington is number twelve, but uh, you would you would put an undefeated. Central Florida ahead of one loss. If it came down to that, one loss Washington. Um, if I compared the, who 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 would Washington's best win be? Well, they'd have to beat. They'd have to beat Oregon. They'd have to beat Stanford. They'd have to beat, uh, uh, okay. and then whoever else they play on the on their way to the. I, I would, that would be. That would be. I would consider it. I would. I'm not <laughs> sure I would vote it either way, but I think they should be in the discussion. Tom, you know, uh, Mr. College Football, what would Central Florida's record be in the SEC West if they played a full season. <laughs> I'm, I'm devil's advocate here, but I'm just trying to... I'm well, sure seven games against the SEC West, Central Florida would win two, maybe two. three. Arkansas, Ole Miss, and who else? Arkansas, Arkansas and Ole Miss for sure. A&M, no. LSU, no. A&M, no. Alabama, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that a, here's, here's, is that a firm here's, note? Here's the, problem with Central, here's the problem with Central Florida. I think everybody agrees that the formula for one of the group of five getting in is you got to play at least two power five schools and beat them both. Right. Well, to their credit, they had two scheduled, North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Well, North Carolina game got canceled because of the storm. So that's, a, yet again, another data point in, in their favor. I agree. I, listen, it will be fun to discuss them, okay? Let's discuss them by all means. Let's talk about what they've done, talk about what a great quarterback they've got. Let's talk about all of that, all right? But the fact of the matter is, unless we've got a 16-team playoff, they're not getting in. Maybe they would get in with an 18 playoff, but I... Tony, Tony, uh, what Tony, is... I have a way they can get in. Here's how they can get in. I'll... I'll... I'll explain this very simply. They can get in by doing what Utah did, getting into a Power Five conference. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see. Nobody wants to say it out loud, but if you're not in a Power Five conference, uh, you're really not going to. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's you know, right. I mean yeah. it, that would be the move they would have to make. I mean, uh, otherwise, it's just like Tony said. I mean, if, if you can't really match up and and play a difficult schedule, and and it's not just a matter of beating Power Five schools. You need to beat some some real power five contenders. Otherwise, you just you just don't have the resume. Yeah, you know I, one when, one quick point, guys. I, I talked to Mike Oresco today, the commissioner of the of the AAC. We were just we were talking about Central Florida and a lot of things, and and he he was toying with the idea. He couldn't get it done, but but he came up with a suggestion, which I, I want to get, ask your opinion about this. And he's starting with you, Tony. He thought that that opening the season this year with UCF versus Alabama would be a great way to open the season. Now, is your opinion would that would that be like Oklahoma, SIU, or would it be more competitive than that? Not this I think year. Be, I, I think it'd be more competitive than that. I do. Okay. I think because they because they've got a they've got a quarterback, a right. really good quarterback, and they they can move the ball. I I think that I think that's a great. Well, as Blau, as you know, Michael Resco is one of my right. dearest friends. 
and he is working like all of the marketing they're talking about the power six baby they're they're they are doing it uh yeah i think it would be great for ucf to have opened the season with a with a power five team a good well, power five well, that, team. i mean it, you just proved my point because you said it would be more, more competitive now okay i'll look at who alabama's played this year i mean it hasn't been a competitive game all year so, so that's my point. They could play with SEC team, the best SEC team, which means they could play with everybody else in the it, SEC. Would they win them all? I'm yeah, sure not. you know, it would be competitive. It, it can be done. I, you're right. I think I think US UCF missed an opportunity this year. I think they have to do what Boise did ten years ago: sustain over time a a great record, a top ten, and then one year you got a shot. And then Boise had its year in 2010, I think it was. When they beat, and then they played Virginia Tech on national TV, uh, and won the game on a last-second drive, and they were in the net, they were in the BCS hunt all the way until they lost to the Colin Kaepernick's. Uh, very, you know, that was as close as Boise was ever going to get. Uh, I think you do have to have that one signature game at the beginning to kind of, you know, to, to seal it. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that they did it this year. Now, to, now, Blau should. Central Florida, because it was a Sugar Bowl was on January 1st, right? Is that this year? Should they get to count their win over Auburn? That was 2008. You told me they beat Auburn this year. You told me they beat Auburn this year. That should count. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's in this discussion. I mean, they, 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 and, they, and who, who has the better team? Who had a better team coming back? Uh, Auburn or UCF? Now, I'm, I'm going to say Tony's going to say that, that they don't get to count last year's Auburn win. for. Uh, oh, they don't get to count last year's Auburn win. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't count. Now, you could say they played, they, they beat Auburn uh, at the end of last season, and, that, and that's kind of a cool thing. It shows you the state of the program. Also, you know, also, also it shows you the state of the program that Josh Heupel just went in there and sort of plugged himself in, and they, they haven't missed a beat. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny. Arresco had a great comment that turned about this whole uh, philosophy. He said the power a power five conference team can can lose a game and it's not the end of the world. We lose a game and it is the end of the world. And he's right. I mean, it, yes, it goes, that's exactly right. Lose a game like that, and and they're 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 forgotten. They're 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 in a discard pile. They yep. they the standard is different because they their conference schedule is not as tough Without as the play. other conference schedules. They they wish to compete with, without question. Yeah, you got you got to parlay. Like I said, it's not, it's got to be a, a rolling kind of a, you know, a rolling kind of a thing where you sustain credibility over time. And then you you come in and you beat two teams, really good two. You know, who was it a couple of years ago that was was right in the chase? Houston, I think. Uh, well, yeah, yes. they, beat, they beat Oklahoma. Yeah. And- and uh, Louisville, right? Or lost to Louisville? Yeah, but they were in. I mean, they actually had a puncher's chance. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, midway through the season. But it's it's very hard. It's a very hard thing for, for somebody to break through because of all the reasons you discussed. Uh, anything else we have on our minds? We're hitting up. We're about at the 40. Oh, 43 minutes, man. We, we just talked our ears off. Uh, anybody else got a closing thought? We missed anything? I don't think so. Well, keep Keep, hey, listen, keep keep an eye on the Kentucky Wildcats. I know. Benny and the, can Benny and the Cats keep it going? Got to go to Texas A&M? I don't think so. That's, I'll give you an early surprise, early pick. I think uh, I don't think the Cats win at Texas A&M. When, when are the Cats to go to Georgia? When is that? Is, 
They host Georgia oh, they host? November 3rd. Oh, they listen get, listen oh. to this, guys. If Kentucky does win at Texas A&M and goes to 6-0, and then Kentucky has uh, – Kentucky – let me get the schedule. Kentucky has an open date followed by Vanderbilt and Missouri. If yep. they win both of those, they will host the Georgia Bulldogs on November 3rd with a share – of the SEC East Championship on the line. Wow. Who would have thunk, huh? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, that, one, it's really one of the surprises. That, that, oh, by the way, that's the same night as Alabama LSU. So if all that falls <laughs> into place, CBS, that's a doubleheader day for CBS. They'll have Georgia, Kentucky in the afternoon and Alabama LSU at night. Ooh. Wow. Uh, that sounds like a, I can't, I can't wait. All right, let's get out of here until next week. Everybody, adios. Followed by David on the glass.